wife is turning into a person's wife, and that somehow the ceremony of the selling of the daughter has the mechanism for marriage built in. And that marriage is called yid. That's the Torah uses that word. And that's really, if you look at the verses carefully, that's the purpose of the marriage, uh, of the sale of the Amivriya. The father can't afford to marry her off. And um, uh, the, uh, the master can't afford to take somebody that's high maintenance and uh, doesn't know about and doesn't come with a dowry. So this way he tries her out in the house. She comes, she, she cooks, she cleans. And if it's a good match, the Torah tells him, go for it. Uh, he should marry her or his son should marry her. But the question is, at this point, she's out of her father's house. She's still a minor. Uh, how does that marriage work? And the Torah uses its own word called yid. So we are going to start from the middle of yesterday's page, 18b, from Tashma. Uh, the question we had was, the Torah allows the master to betroth this slave, uh, uh, not slave, servant woman. And the, the word used is called yid. And our question was, there's two different types of marriage. There's the initial marriage, the, um, uh, where a person gets um, engaged, uh, that's erisin. And then there's the complete marriage, which is nisuin. And so we want to know, when the Torah says that the master can indicate uh, that he wishes to marry her and lock her in, so to speak, is it a lock? It's, an, it's a uh, proposal, and they're engaged, and then at some later date they'll decide, uh, usually they wait until they grew up anyways, and they'll, they'll, they'll make the marriage. Or no, uh, she's already in his house. She's already living there. Maybe it's Nisuin. And so that was the question. So, um, but the, the, in order to understand this question, we're going to run right into an argument about the mechanics of how this proposal works. Let's say it's just an engagement. Now, in order to make an engagement, you need Kesha. You need that there be that the, father, the groom gives the bride some money, he gives her something of value, a, a ring, and she receives it. Now, here she's a minor. So in this case, she has to give... Uh, well, how does it work that he gives her something of value? So we're going to see two opinions how it works. One opinion is when the father sells her as a maidservant, he has in mind that he's hoping that this guy will marry her, and included in the money that's paid for the maidservant is the engagement money. And so the money that's actually used is the money that was given to the father. So six years na- later, when she, he says, yeah, you're the one, so retroactively, the money that he paid, the most Rishonos, is going to be that marriage money. There's another view, and we're going to see that real quick, is that it, basically what he says is he has to, uh, really, he has to give her new money. What he does is he says, well, I'm going to let you off working to be my wife. And so as long as he uh, releases her with enough time that her work would have been worth a Sheva Pruta, that could be an hour before... The la- you know, the bell rings. He says, okay, you don't have to do dishes tonight, hon, and we're married, right? So that Sheva Pruta that she would have had to do, he's giving to her. And that's the second view of how this marriage works. Again, either it's the money that he gave the father uh, when they, he bought her, or it's the money that he releases her from the final amount of work and turns her into his wife. 
So we'll see later which of those two. But that's going to help us figure out, that's as far as the money. But does the money make an engagement or does it make a marriage? Those are, that is the question. So, Tashma, uh, part of this also, and we had this before, was that the purpose of it was to marry her off. So what happens if he sells her to a relative who can't marry her? So if the whole idea was that they, he needs to marry off this daughter, but he has no dowry, and so the only way to do it is to have her first work for them, so he shouldn't sell her to relatives who can't marry her. So let's see. Tashma in Mokalakrovim. The first view says he's not allowed to sell her to her. It's not, it's, that defeats the whole purpose. Mishum Rebbe he says you could. Now, even though they argue, they agree that uh, you could sell almana l'koin gadol, a widow to a koin gadol, gushu chalutz l'koin hejit. Now, you're selling her to somebody who, in theory, she shouldn't marry, but if they want to be sinners and get married, they could. Okay? If, if a koin gadol wants to marry a non-virgin or a koin wants to marry a divorcee, he'll get, a, he'll get nice lashes for it and they won't let him serve, but he is married. So there, uh, there, then you could. So what is that case? What is that case of the widow? Uh, so now this is a technical problem. She's a minor. How did she get to be a widow and then be sold as a maidservant? So if maybe she's, uh, the, the, we have a rule, the father only can do one. He can't do two. He can't sell her as a slave and then marry her off. So maybe she married herself and she got, became a widow, and now the father sold her as a servant. So if that's the case, she's not going to be called a widow, because if you, a woman can't marry herself as a minor. <laughs> that, there's no such thing. It must be, if she was a widow, her dad uh, uh, at one time engaged her. But then, how could he, after he sold her as a widow, how can he then say, I've got a coin gadol for you? You can't sell your daughter after she's already been married. Uh, so Amrit, and again, remember we had that on the top, that it's big dobo, once she wore the talus, so to speak, once she was under a man's protection, the father can't uh, then go sell her. And we explained that our case was talking about where she was the one that did, uh, got the engagement. And like Rabbi Yosef Yehuda, the Oma Mos Rishonos, that the earlier money that was given with the purchase, lav lekedusha nitna, that wasn't her marriage money. Again, there was money with the, when she was sold. That's not, the question is when uh, uh, the, uh, the master is going to propose to her. And he, at that moment, he's not giving her money. So which money is it that the proposal uh, works? So if you say it was the earlier money, then that means the proposal money came much earlier. And it went to the dad. But we're not going with the view that it was the earlier money and it went to the dad. Uh, we're going like Rios Rihudu says, most Rishonus Lavla Kedushin. The money that's given to her is she doesn't have to work her full term. She's getting the money. The Iyamas Nusuanasa, and if you're going to say she's totally married, Kivin Shinissa Shuvain Lavia Rushuspo. If the marriage that's done by her slave boss is a full marriage, so then she's never going home again. She's never at so more so clearly my erusinasa. Clearly, all it does is just an engagement. Vishavan and they agree she said, uh, that he could sell her. I why could he sell her? I how could the father sell her? That was our question we asked a moment ago. If she's already engaged, 
uh, to the master, how could he then turn around and sell her to the coin gadol even after this guy dies? Elamayas lechomemer. What are you going to say? Shani erasin diday me erasin davia. Maybe in this case where the slave master proposes to her. Here, she's getting the proposal. He's getting down on one knee to his slave and saying, I'm going to let you off work tonight, honey, and you're going to be mine, right? And so she's accepting the Kedushin. So the, in this, this rule that after the father has married her, he can't enslave her, after he's married her once, and that didn't work out, <laughs> whatever, he can't say, well, now uh, let's try something else. You're going to be a maid. Well, what do you mean? I've already been married. I've already been free. I've already been, uh, you know... But that's only if the father married her. But if you say that when the slave master marries her, that's not really the father giving, getting, giving the, receiving the proposal, but it's the woman who receives the proposal, maybe in that case the father still has the right to marry her. That's the unique answer. The fact that she, even though we have a rule once she's married, she can't be enslaved, that's if the father received a marriage and goofed. <laughs> married her off, it didn't work, and now he, can, he wants to try again and sell her as a servant. He can't do that. But here, Shani Erison Dide, we're three lines, four lines from the bottom, uh, maybe it's different. So Afilu Tema, so Gemara said, if that's true, even if it does the Nisuin, Shani Nisuin De, Misuin Davia. Maybe if she did the, even if it did a full marriage, maybe the father never got that marriage right. And basically the father gets one, one set of uh, the dice. He gets one chance to do something for the daughter, regardless of what she does. <laughs> if she marries, if she does, the, the father has one privilege. So, hi, my, bishle, me'erison, me'erison, shani. You could say there's a difference if she receives the marriage proposal or he, the father receives it. Ellen, nisuan, nisuan, mi, shani. But if she's fully married, it shouldn't make a difference who received the full marriage. You know why? Because once she's fully married, she's not connected to the dad. The dad says goodbye. You know, you, when the father, when the kids marry, when the parents marry off the kid, it says she leaves the parents and clings to the new husband. So if she had Nisuin, there should be no difference as we turn to the top of today's page. And like Reb Nachman who says, even like Reb Yosihuda, who says, most Rishonish the Kedusha Nitnu, that it's the first money. It's, that goes with the first money that the dad was given to the dad to sell her. That's the marriage money. But my Mukimwe, how are you going to learn this? So how are you going to learn this case where uh, she was once married to her slave master and now we're selling her to the coin gadol? So the Gemara says, He says, you can't sell her as a slave twice. But after she's been married, she could be sold as a maidservant. Not such a big difference. I, I, I was kidding. No, it's a, she could be sold as a maidservant after um, uh, she's been married. So according to this, then it would work out. Uh, we've been debating this. There are two opinions. Does the father have one set of dice, so to speak, one run roll of the... He's got one thing he can do with the daughter, or um, that was one view, or no, it's, he can't do the same thing twice, but it, even though she was married, he could now a seller, try her as a maidservant. Okay, fine. Let's be done. We're done now with that discussion. We didn't prove it. Our question was, uh, when the, 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 the boss... Uh, who she's a servant to, decides to marry her, does that, is that full marriage or just engagement? And we didn't resolve it. Let's put that aside. But we jumped into another big discussion. We jumped into two other discussions. One was, 
uh, how does that marriage work? If again, regardless of it, is, is it an engagement or is it a marriage? But which money uh, is used? Is that the original money given to the father, or is that her money when she's told she doesn't have to work the last day? That was the second issue. And then the third issue was there, there's a kind of rule that the father can't do it twice. What does that mean? It means once she's been married, he can't sell her as a servant, or does it mean he just can't do the same thing twice? That was the question. And then we pointed out that once she had the suin, the dad's out of the picture. Okay, back to the Gemara. Let's say the father decides that this maidservant is a little too young for him, you know, uh, but he has a nice young son. Uh, he's not quite bar mitzvah yet, but he thinks the maidservant would, would work for him. Can he do that? Now, he's a minor. Uh, he didn't agree yet. <laughs> you know, you're going to ask him at his bar mitzvah, is he going to take her? Can he get engaged? Can the father engage his son? Typically, the father doesn't uh, have power over the son. He has power over the daughter, but not the son. But can the father marry off his younger son to this maidservant? The Torah says, the, the Torah almost says, the Torah does say that he can uh, marry off to the daughter. Or maybe the son is similar um, to, uh, to him. My who gadol, af beno gadol. It's just like when he would marry the maidservant, that's assuming he's old enough to make the decision. He's an adult, meaning the master. So too, if he decides that his son will do it, it would be if the son's an adult. So that is our question. Can a person do a maidservant marriage, even though there's a mitzvah for either him or his son, can he do a minor son? So, Omer um, Zeret Tashma, come in here. So again, this is our fourth major shaila in 20 minutes, in 15 minutes. Tashma ish prat lakatan. Uh, it usually a man, uh, this would exclude a minor, Asher Yinifes Eishis Ish, who commits adultery with a married woman, Pratla Eishis Katan, this excludes the wife of a minor. So if a minor has relations with a married woman, or a woman who's only married to a minor, these are not adultery because minors can't have marriage. But if you're going to tell me that there is a way for a minor to have marriage in case his, his father bought a maidservant, then he could uh, have minor could have marriage. So then there is a way for a minor to be married. Hello, my What do you want to tell me that really he can't? Um, how, why would the verse have to exclude it? If a minor cannot make a marriage, why would the Torah need to say that uh, it excludes it? It must be you could. So is there any circumstance where a minor could be married, is our question. Why does the Torah have to say the wife of a minor is not adultery if someone else marries her? If we're saying that there's no scenario where it may be some kind of rabbinic marriage, and there were, there were people that got married as minors, but they were just playing house. They were just pretending. There was no, they were just saying when they turn into adults, they'll be married, right? But the question is, why would the Torah need to tell you the two kids playing house you know, you be the, the tati, I'll be the mommy, and they're playing house that if somebody else takes the mommy, that that's not adultery. Of course, he's a kid. So what, uh, according, if we're saying there is no such thing as the servant marriage, even to the minor, how could there ever be a minor getting married? So, There is a case. The nine-year-old plus Yavim, uh, whose brother died without children, that has relations with his brother's widow, 
then he's married. So I would have thought there is a way to be married and his intimacy is called intimacy. If somebody would marry the widow after this 10-year-old married the widow, he would be guilty of adultery. Kamash Malan, uh, that he's not. So that's why we needed the verse to exclude it. Because there is a scenario. Now, by the way, that's a very tricky scenario. The reason why that works is because he's not really getting married to the widow. He's taking over his brother's marriage. That when the 10-year-old marries the brother's widow, he's not, he's, he, he's not, giving, he's not being proposing to her. He's too young to propose. But what he's doing is he's physically becoming his brother. When he climbs into his brother's bed and has relations with his brother's wife, so that, that's a mystical thing that the Torah makes him as if he's the brother, and it makes him as if he took over the brother's marriage. What a here is this not meaning, or it is not? It's not, but you need a verse to tell you that. So um, that's, uh, that, that resolved the particular problem. So again, we were looking for another scenario um, we threw out whether a master's minor child could be married to the maidservant, and we weren't sure. And we thought we had a proof, but we said maybe that's talking about the Yibam scenario. And so we're back to the drawing board. Can a minor uh, uh, son of uh, somebody who bought a maidservant become engaged? Yes? Um, I wonder if maybe I missed something. Are we talking here about a minor doing Yibam with a minor girl? No, no, no. A minor doing Yibam with a girl, with, a, with his brother's wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe yes, maybe no. It doesn't matter. Because you're then talking about what the definition of adultery would then be. Yeah. So you said that it's not considered adultery. Where did that fit in? Because he he married his brother's widow. This ten-year-old, I'm calling him a ten-nine-year-old in a day. This this nine-year-old in a day married uh, uh, had intimacy with his brother's widow, and the Torah that makes her his wife. So then, if this widow who had Yibam with the 10-year-old went and had another man, that would be adultery. Would be I would have thought it's adultery, so the verse has to exclude it. So it's not considered adultery. Correct. Okay. Our, our question was, if they're not married, why would you need a verse to exclude it from adultery? So well, if a, a minor can never be married, why would you need a verse to tell you that the marriage, somebody who takes a minor's wife is not committing adultery? Of course, it's not a minor's wife. So we came up with a scenario where it's a minor's wife, but it's not adultery. But the Torah had to tell you that it's not adultery because it is an act of evil. Right, exactly. That's what we were looking for. And it's good that you're puzzled because that's exactly what it's... it's uh, that's the, so Tosos over here uh, goes to town a little bit on this. Um, he's confused. Either they're married or they're not married. How does it work exactly? Um, there is the, it's the third tosus here. Um, so uh, Tosus wants to know, is, is this... Is this a Minotaurah thing or uh, that a minor could do Yibam or is it a rabbinic thing that just makes it that now that this minor had relations with the widow, none of the other brothers could? But that's a y- Yavama's discussion. We'll leave it for there. Tashma, back to the mark. 
Tashmad, Amr Aveva, Amr Aviana, Ein Yidel Begadam. Yid can only be done by an adult, Ein Yidel Midas, and she has to consent. Tarti, um, uh, does it say, uh, uh, why do we need both things? Ma Tam Kamar, what's the reason? Ma Tamar, Ein Yidel Begadam. What's the reason it has to be adult? Lefish ain't yudel midas because she has to have consent. Viboisema my midas midas dida means that she has to. Not only does the man have to uh, be an adult, but the the maid servant does too. She has to agree. The tana abay brader avo asher lo yada. If he, the master doesn't do it, melamich shesorikle yada. That the word yada means he has to get consent from her. So now it turns out very interesting. Like she has to say, I do, so to speak. She has to accept the marriage proposal from the, um, from the master. So who taught you? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, but she, uh, when she becomes a goddle, she goes out of the servitude. So how's she ever going to do it? She won't. Well, she, she has accepted the marriage, the servitude ended, and now she's just a wife. When did the meet, when did the year happen? I mean, yeah, so let, let, let's, is going to get into that a little bit now. So um, he, he's asking that if the, um, the woman, to give consent, she has to be an adult. That's what he's asking. If she's an adult, she's out of there. I, I hear what you're asking. But, so let's see. So uh, the Gemara said he asked it, and he explained, That's only going to work like a Yosi That it's not the original money, if you need her consent, it can't be that the father already got the, got the ring, the original money. Even if it was, the Torah is saying, even if the money was received already for her marriage, she has to agree. My Rabbi Yosef, where does he say it? It says that she, um, he, he agrees to marry her and she's redeemed. What does that word redemption mean? It means that he has to marry her before she finishes her term. If he marries her before uh, and lets her off work with enough time for her to have worked, to have had a value, then they're married. So you see, it's not the first money. Even if that's not the money, the Torah says you can use the later money. And that comes into this argument. Omar Rava Omar Nachman, Omar Adam Labito Katana, say Vikiba Kedushin. According to this, a person can tell their daughter who's a minor, you should receive the marriage. This is addressing Steve's point. She's able to say yes to her master, even if she's not a, even if she's a minor. In other words, yes, she, she is a minor at that point. Uh, but, but it's because the father already agreed to the giver to the man, but we're saying she has to agree as a minor. Today's a fascinating Gemara because we're learning about a young boy getting married, is there any scenario? And we're learning about a minor girl saying, yes, is there any scenario? But uh, He said, it's not the first money. As long as she didn't work the full term and there's still a proof to be made. It's married. So a person, a girl should be able to receive the marriage uh, uh, if the father agrees. The more now throws in a different problem. This is, she has to work the full term and he's getting engaged with the fact that she's not going to work. Isn't that like getting married with a loan? 
He's not giving her something now. He's saying, the work that you owe me, you don't got to work. That's like Mekadosh Mamilva, Mashkin, where there's a collateral. Here, she's the collateral. According to this, this would work. Lav Omer of Yosuda, most we've shown us, it's not the original money that makes the marriage. Hai Halva, it's really loaned to her. Vihi Gufa Mashkin, and she's the collateral. Basically, she's the collateral. He paid the money, and the fact that she's going to work it off is like the collateral as we turn the page. As long as there's a little bit of work left, then she can become engaged and it would be married. So we threw in like the sixth major issue of the morning, which is that you're not supposed to get married with a loan. But if the loan is collateralized, then it comes out you're doing something now. The collateral here is her. She right now is going to have to go to work. She's going to have to wash the dishes. And by him saying, you don't have to wash the dishes, you'll marry me. So it's like she's getting something now. It's not purely a loan. So you have to understand exactly what the difference is between getting engaged with a loan and getting engaged with a loan when there's collateral. But that's what the Gemara said. Come in here. How does Yid work? A person says in front of two, you're the one. Uh, this is the, mas- the, the slave, uh, her master. Afilu b'sofshesh, even if the very, he, not a very nice guy, he made her work as a servant for six years. Afilu samak the son's about to go down, she's ready to go home. V'noi bo minigishis, he now has to treat her as a wife, e'ninoi be minig shifchas. He can't keep on treating her as a slave. Riosidus says, im yeshos biyom lasos imo sheva pruta, as long as, the first view is, that when he gets engaged, he turns her into a wife, he has to then do some physical act, uh, do, give her some treatment like a wife. That's the first view. The second view is he has to let her off work to earn the money. Mashal, it's like, a person says to a wife, be engaged to me now, uh, if after 30 days, Uba, you'll, you'll be married to me now, but we won't start until later. We're trying to figure this out, that the father married her off now, and, but he, meanwhile, she's going to work for him and then later turn into a marriage. And someone else tries to marry in the middle. The first guy got her first. So Mashal Laman, who, who, what, what does that Mashal say? If it's like a Yosef Yehuda that says it's the last money, and if there's enough time to work to then earn the pruta, she's married, and if not, she's not married. Um, so that, we don't need a Mashal for that. So what does it tell us? So said, he didn't say, I'm giving you the money now to be married later. Kamash Malan, even if he doesn't say it, when the father gives the money to sell her as a servant, it's understood that he's locked in the first rights to marry her. Tanya Idach, there's another view. Hamokras Bita. Somebody sells the daughter of a Holokikitchula Akher, and then uh, before she marries the master, he then engages her to somebody else. Sikh Ba'adan. That's nasty. This guy took her in as a maid and said, okay, I'll, maybe I'll take her as a maid and maybe I'll marry her. And then the father marries her off. But but it does work. Basically, if she's not fully married until the end of her term, if that's when the money she gets, so then if he marries her off before then, it'll work. If the money that he took at the beginning to sell her as a servant is the money 
then he can't, the father can't do anything. But if it's only later when the master says, stop working and I'll marry you with the money because you stop working and earn the money, so then if the father beats him to, the, the, beats him to that and marries her first, then it'll work. What's this like? So, yeah. So this guy, um, the father sold her, so she's now working for someone else that the other guy paid money for. Now you're saying the father can take her out of that servitude? Yes. And marry her off? Then what happens to the guy who bought her? He'll get a refund. Out? He's got to get a refund. So, you hear you're married to me after 30 days, and then someone else comes and marries her within 30, that it, that it works. So, who is the Elam? He said it doesn't work, that the, only the slave master can marry her. It's like Rav Yosi Huda, like Rav Yosi Huda Pshita, that it's the first guy. He never said, I'm going to marry you for sure. How can you be married, maybe married? That's really the Gemara's question. How can the father receive the money for marriage, but, and it could be marriage money, but we don't know yet. Let's say you, marry, you, you sell her as a servant, but you make a condition, I don't want you marrying her. So, Niskayama Tanai, Divarev Meir. You got to keep the condition. The uh, Chacham, they say no. If he wants to, he can ignore the condition. That condition that you can't marry her goes against the Torah rule. The Torah says you can marry your, your servant. If you go against the Torah, it's nullified. Rameir says it does work. If a husband says, I will marry you on the condition that I have no obligations, it still works. But you can't make conditions. You have all the obligations. Rabbi Huda says it depends. Monetary things, you could make conditions. So this is a monetary thing. So can he make the condition? How can he say, I won't let you get married? I mean, I won't let you marry the guy. He's, the verse calls her a maid. It is possible that she'll only be a maid and not get married to the guy. Rabbanu, what do they do with Amma? They use it for the following. That he can sell her to someone who would not be ideal to marry. If, if she could get engaged to Psulim, she could technically marry them, so you can't sell them to them. Of course you could. It, the person has the right to marry off the daughter. Um, are you going to tell me he has the right to marry her to people that are no good? She ain't on a because a person wouldn't do it. No, sometimes uh, what we're throwing in here is a little bit of a surprise that even though the ideal situation is that he's only doing this to marry her off, but if he chooses to do it in a way that she would never get married because he sells her to a mamzer, but there is a scenario where he's only selling her as a maidservant. Okay, we'll stop here.